0: Welcome to True House Stories. I am Lenny Fontana coming out of NYC. For those that don't know what NYC stands for, it's the only city in the world that has the skyscrapers that scream taller than tall. Superman has made movies from it. New York City. And today's edition is no small slight. This is a gigantic edition. First of all, we have a Grammy-nominated producer remixer i'll put it to you like this it's incredible when you have a song that is parody. you know when you have a record that was so big and they make a commercial parody out of it in other words in living color i remember back in the day when in living color i'll let him tell the story those that are old enough to remember the american show in living color had a segment on with one of his artists and I'm not going to tell the song. He'll tell it in his story when he's there. But that to me is what I call iconic. <laughs> you no, know, you know, we joke about it. We've all hung out, but at the end of the day, I have so much love for this man. As many people, you all hear me talk about, God, Lenny, you have so many friends. This is what happens in the walk of life. You gain friends. You gain lifelong friends. These people are not just friends. They are what we call our house family. They just don't, you know, they don't come in and out of your life for no reason. You know what I'm saying? So this is the way things go. You just happen to keep them because we are all doing the same. You know, we walk away from each other for a moment. Maybe we don't speak like all the time. But then when we come together, within two seconds, we pick up could be five years one month or two days like that so around the world to people tuning in you know how i all tell the english because it's that evening time it's seven o'clock 702 go get your wine get your cheese get your beer get your drinks because this story of course is going to get deep it's going to get real i like to introduce to you from baltimore maryland a great man himself an icon okay he is iconic i don't care what he says he's teddy douglas we love him he's a teddy bear but god damn he's made some (laughs) amazing records and that's all he's as good as his last record every record is better than the other so oh. on, that, <laughs> on that note, welcome, Teddy Douglas.
1: Wow. Thanks, Lenny. <laughs> Thank you, Lenny. That was amazing. That intro was bananas. You got to come on, go out on the
0: road with me. <laughs> <laughs> he told me, he says, "When I need somebody to do a, do a, do an introduction. I'm making sure you do it by introduction. I'm like. Hey. Yeah, man, that
1: was that was dope. Thank you, <laughs> Lenny. Thank you for having me, man. It's, it's, it's an honor to do this. So many of my peers have have done this show with you. So um I'm glad to do it. I'm yeah. Glad to do it. We've known each other forever.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you for those I mean, I've watched Teddy's career start from the first record on uh, uh God. Jump Street Records. Yeah, Cynthia Cherry's label that she was. Cher- it was a uh, John label. Cynthia Cherry was oh. the AR person. A and R, yeah, and i I'm Love Don't Live Here No More. I mean Tony Humphreys killed that record on, on Zanzibar and Kiss. Yeah. It's, that's but- what that's when our relationship began with
1: Tony Humphreys, um, from that record. You know, Cynthia Cherry signed that record to the Welcome to the Club compilation first, before it was a single. And um I'll never forget, Lenny, the last night at the uh, Paradise Garage, the, the closing party. Larry. Yes, go ahead. Two songs off of that, but mainly that Lisa Mitchell come to my rescue. He played that like 30 times. <laughs> but, but we had to track the lead track on that album, Love Don't Live. I did the lead vocals. I didn't want to be a, a vocalist, and that's how this whole production thing. Wait, you think that um, shoot lead? That was me singing the lead. Yeah, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something. That was funny because I did the demo and we took it up to yeah. Cynthia Cherry and we got in our office and she was like, they loved my vibe, you know, but we, we came back to New York and we had this girl. We was like, well, you know, I just sang the demo. She's really going to sing the record. And Cynthia was like, uh, no. <laughs> Either you sing the record or you Bagged the deal, no deal. So me, Jay, and Tommy, we went to a little huddle, you know, discussed this like, "Hey, yo, you gotta sing this record," you know. What I mean, like, I was like, "Really?" They starved me. Then we we recorded this in Jonathan Man's apartment in New York City. The rest is history.
0: Okay, but well, I'm gonna tell you what, I rocked that record hard. <laughs> Those that know no classic. I've actually played it and talked about it on radio shows since Teddy Douglas's first record out the box was a big That's a
1: classic, yeah. Rose voice record,
0: yeah. Royce record. yeah. Okay, baby, all right, Teddy. Teddy Bear, here we go. How does music find the young Teddy Douglas, the kid? The kid. Where's it begin for you, brother?
1: Well, Probably from the 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 beginning of conception because my mom used to tell me all these crazy stories about when I was maybe like four or five years old I could i I had the record player actually still in my in my house now when I was a kid. I couldn't read or anything, but I would identify the color of the label, obviously, of what the song, I identified the song with the, and I could play records, she said. I would go over there and she, she was amazed. She was like, why is this, this kid is amazing. He's playing records. He can't read the records. He knows exactly what he's, he's playing. And, 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 and she should tell me, like, my dad used to take me, uh, to get my hair cut and he used to con all the, all the, the, the fellas in the barbershop, and by coming home with a pocket full of dollars, and my, my mom said, How would you get all this money? Well, every record that played on the radio station while I was getting a haircut, he would bet all the people in the barbershop that I could name the record that was playing. He bet them all a dollar. I bet my son could name all the records that's on that radio right now. I get, get a dollar for me, for y'all. And he come home with a pocket full of money. <laughs> Because that's just, so that's where it found me. And, um, I'll never forget this record stop where I grew up, um, on the east side of, of Baltimore City called Jet Set Records. That's where I used to buy all my 45s. Back then it was mainly seven inch 45s. And then LPs, but I would buy that, that record store would be forever. And, and then, Lenny, I just started collecting records, you know, and loving music. And my, my, my aunt was, um, she she liked jazz. Uh, she she babysat me a lot when I was a kid. So I discovered jazz mainly through her, but the whole musical thing was 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 all over the place. I mean, of course I grew up with Jackson Five and, and the whole soul thing, and then of course the the gospel thing, because I grew up in a Baptist church. But um
0: I knew that. Know, that you know, I- you know,
1: yeah, yeah yeah I grew up I grew up that way you know because my fact my family is all you know I mean the whole black experience you can't have that without the gospel that's the whole scare. the whole black experience you know you, you have to have that so um and then you put all that together and then you this is what basically and then when I when I grew up in high school and discovered disco, like around like 78, 79, Discover disco music, man. You, you put all those things together, and then that's that's who I am, basically.
0: Disco dancing, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Because I know you can dance. I've seen you dance, boy.
1: Yeah, I started I, I mean, I dance. That's what I used to do. I used to go to clubs. I mean, dancing was was. And I don't, I don't trust no DJ that doesn't dance
0: or can't dance. I don't trust them. You got to know how to move. <laughs> I've said that all the time. You can't dance. You can't feel the music.
1: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> now,
0: do you have any, for those out there, do you have any musical training? Did you take any instruments as you were younger in high school or, or middle school, any of that stuff?
1: I basically took two classes. I started off in high uh, and on a drum. I remember I had two classes, a drum school where I was drumming, I like a drum class, a musical class. And I, le- I I left that alone. I maybe did like a a year or whatever. And then I did guitar for a little bit and left that alone. I didn't f- follow through with anything, but. What's interesting about that, Lenny, is that, um, I can hear all the, the instruments in my head. I worked with some incredible musicians through the course of my career. And basically, when we're in the studio, I'm saying, Hey, play this, play this, play this. A lot of, you know, that happens quite often. So most times that's the way it goes. Also, you know, sometimes they give me demos or whatever, but. So I hear the music, but I just can't play it If I could play it, I probably wouldn't need anybody I'd probably be Prince or something, I don't know But I can't play, I don't need musical training <laughs> I could fumble around on Guitar and stuff, and you know But, nah, no training No official no.
0: Well, it's okay, you know, look You no, know, it's good, man Because I do some
1: crazy shit Musicians would be like, what the hell all right, but it works. I mean, we'll
0: hey. that. We'll that. We'll that. So you, so let's talk about high school into the DJing part because I know you played, I know you worked in the music industry, in the shops and stuff. So you'll t- you'll fill this in for us. So yeah, now, um, so so like I was saying, Jet Set Records
1: was I was about twelve years old, maybe still buying records as a kid. I have an incredible rec- amount of records in my house. And, um, and in high school, it was all about this club here in Baltimore called Odell's. I, I probably everybody's known. This was like our paradise garage here in Baltimore. So around uh, my junior year in high school, which would have to be around like um, 80, 1980, 81, I graduated in 82, I had a group of friends that we were we were all like, like the cool kids in high school, you know, we wore penny loafers and azar shirts, all the stuff the kids are into now. We did that like in the eighties, like that's the high top thing. And we would hang out in the alleys, the side alley of Odell's, because you we couldn't get in; we was too young. <laughs> but the birth of the they had a, they had a Richard Long sound system in there, you know. This Wayne Davis was the DJ, who's just my best friend to to this day. But they had a Richard Long sound system in it. But on the alley, you could just... You could imagine being in the club. It was so fucking loud. I mean, it was was incredible. And um, we we, we didn't get... I didn't get into a club like that um, in high school until my my senior year. And... um, But, like, the proms and all this stuff, you know, we would... They would ask me, you know, DJ, tell you DJ to DJ now. I had a, a friend who um actually is my my very close friend, Greg Lewis. We went to high school together. And um he engineers all my records now and like uh, that's just like that's my brother from another mother. Um he, he used to come over to my house after school and teach me how to put records together. And I'm I'm am he's probably gonna be like, Man, I didn't teach you he always said, man, you already had it. But he was the guy that helped me understand uh, tempo, and I had my little Gemini mixer, a little two-track uh, Gemini mixer. They won tech, they won twelve hundreds. They were like belt-driven turntables with the straight arm. <laughs> and um, man, we would come over and we would and we would act like you know we Odell's was all our inspiration. I had these big fake birthers in my room that I built. Stacks in my room, you know. That I, it was all
0: about Odell's. You know that was that was for us. So that's where you get the muse from. You know, I always tell, exactly. I tell everybody that's you know you got to have that foresight to the tunnel to see what's at the end, and that's what you wanted. You know, it's like it's like I can imagine you in the. In that in that area next to Odell's, and you hear a boom 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 boom. They hit it and
1: then the people and shit, and we would be like, damn, I can't. So the, so imagine you're imagining, you're, you're imagining what's going on. You are right. You're so imagine when we got in, though. That's the, imagine the day that we actually got into Odell's. It was euphoria. It was like Ah, the heavens opened up, <laughs> and we got in mainly on the Monday night. Monday night was the gay night, and Ooh, it, was like, it was the best night actually to get into the club because the, all the queens was turned. I mean, it was Wayne, and we had this this uh, guy that was like a transvestite. His name was TJ, and he would get on the he would get on like at the end of the night. Wayne would let him get on, and he would just send the club up into a frenzy. It was the, and when we got, the, I'm telling you, Lenny, it was the, it was the best feeling to actually get inside Odell's, you know, and that's how I got to know Wayne and, and that, was, that inspired me. It's like, yo, I want to be a DJ. You know, this is, this is what I want to do, man. I it, This is, this is what I want to do. And I followed that. I, right after that, I, I graduated high school. I, the first thing I did was I was always in there. I worked at a record store. And uh, the first record store was uh, House of Power on Howard Street. That was the main drag on Howard Street. They had a chain of record stores, Sound of Baltimore, with Scotty B. And, and they were developing the, the Unruly Sound, like the Baltimore Club Sound. And we were developing the Basement Boy Sound, which we didn't even know what we were doing. Because I met Jay and Tommy through the record stores. You know, that's where everybody met. You know, actually, we I knew Byron because he worked at a record store in Chicago. You know, it was about the record stores around that. This was like 82, 83, 80, around that time, right after I graduated high school. And I just stayed, I was in the record stores, man, for like nine years, you know, different record stores. I ended up at the like the tip top, the best record store in Baltimore was Music Liberated. It's where Tommy worked uptown, I worked downtown. And Jay was frequently in there. And so that's how we all met. That's how Tommy and, and Jay and I met.
0: That's how the Basement Boys
1: formed itself. That's how the Basin Boys formed from the record store right? mm-hmm. and the clubs, of course. We all hang out the same
0: clubs. So you were the actual? Were you doing like sort of like what Manny Lehman was doing, working the working the records, selling them counterwise? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We were we were
1: the tastemakers. We we had records. We would listen to this many records and decide these are the records that are going the wall. These are the records that, and that's missing, I think, today. There's no guys are saying, look. These are the hot records, you know, or no, you know, because you, or the DJ would go to the club and the DJ, like Wayne would play all this Italian house music. And, um, you know, it, he would have a very, uh, eclectic style of, of, of playing at Odell's. We would hear jazz, yes, we would hear ESG, Klein and B.O., um, just all types of music, um, that was we sold in the record store. You know, we actually sold those records. If Wayne played at Odell's, we had it in the record store, you know? Right. And that whole that whole connection between the record store, like Tony had it in Jersey, moving records in the Danza Bar. You know, that that whole thing is that's that's
0: that's gone forever. I know, it sucks. That it, totally sucks. <laughs> it sucks everybody. You don't know. I talk about this all the time. The, you know, there's that movie that Ice Cube is in, um uh, a uh, barbershop. Yeah. Those that can relate. The record shop was like barbershop. Right. And it was like we would meet people. We would make deals. We would hang out. we go to club spots. Records would trade it off. People found out the drama. Everything was in the record shop. When that it died, the yep. a lot of us felt like our heart went with it. Yeah, That's man. It, it And I, re- I remember me having to, to work...
1: Like to, to a corporate level, even to maintain, cause that's when I was actually independent, man. I was moving out of my mom's house. So I had to wear a suit and tie. I ended up working at Soundwaves. I was, I was like the corporate man for like a chain of record stores at the, the end, you know? Cause yeah, I had to do it. Put on a suit and tie every day. I was the manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's how I was able to move out and, and be independent. And still do my thing, you know, which a lot of kids don't understand. And that's a lot. of. I mean, all these steps where I look back were essential to where I landed. Essential.
0: Yeah. Well, that's part of also it's kind of like record business 101. Exactly. Where's your like, this is my college? Yeah. Yeah. You learned everything about how to make a record work. From, right. From, right. The, from the street level all the way to corporate. All the way to Corbett, right, exactly. exactly. Did you have any dreams of being this record producer? And and when you were at the um, time to watch, I should say watch, when you saw everybody around us, because you remember, you know, you had Shep and T. Scott and all right. the big names were remixing like crazy. Were you, I mean... I, the part yeah. the furthest dream I had was just to play at a big nightclub in New york with i was like i never thought about going into actually a studio at that time was
1: like Me, lenny to be honest with you we, we we were just happy our whole thing with basement boys was we just wanted to take the record from the studio to the club and play it <coughs> so here <wanted>. funny
0: <laughs> simple 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 math. Just like one, you, you didn't care about 6,000 million. You didn't care about any of that extra stuff. All you wanted was to see something sparkle off of what you did, right? Exactly. We would
1: take cassettes. We had this pitch tape cassette to the club. There was no, and, re, you know, and just, just get a reaction. I'll never forget. I might be moving ahead a too far, but, you know, those, those times where we took those demos straight to a club and that reaction... Oh,
0: Mamba, my, my it gives me chills, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I tell everybody I loved, so now you're hanging out on the side, and everybody's come up going, "Yo, what is that?" And you're like just like watching everybody going, and they say, "Yo, it's his, it's homeboy's record." Which is you? And everybody's like, "Yo, man, can I get a, re- can I get a copy?" What was the answer? Well, we was still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man
1: back in the day man so so basically you know we just we, we met in the record store this is like 80 45 i met tommy and jay, and jay and jay and tommy were already doing stuff like tracks like just like Beat tracks, like the same stuff that was coming out from from Chicago, like with no vocals on it, just like DJ tools. Okay. And um, Tommy said, you know, why don't you, why don't you join, see what we're doing, you know, maybe, you know, help us, you know, do what we're doing. So I I came to Jay's apartment. My idea was, hey, let's put a song on these things. Let's take this one step further. And that's how Love Don't Live Here um, came out. because. We took that ballad from Rose Royce and I, I sang the lead vocal. <laughs> and that was our big first demo. Actually, that was our second demo. The first one was a song called You Gotta Be Tripping." It was a, a loop of going up in smoke, Eddie, Eddie Kendrick. da Kendrick. And I sang over top of that, like Gotta be tripping. Like some ad lib stuff. You know? <laughs> it was it was funny. And we it was that Love don't live here, and something else on a demo that we gave to Cynthia when we went to New York, and we didn't even have a name. We were in the car, and like we was like, "Yo, we don't have no name. What we gonna call ourselves?" With? And I said, "Well, we studios in the basement," and somebody said, we "We're boys or something." And when when somebody I don't know who said it, but when when somebody said "basement boys," it just the car was silent for about fifteen minutes. Because we knew that was his name. So uh, by the time we got to New York, we got to Turnpike, we got to New York, we got to the to the Jump Street office, we had a name, we had a demo, and we was ready to go. <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah, man, it was amazing. So actually, uh, you're driving from Baltimore up 95 North. Okay. Well. And 15 minutes inside, everybody went quiet after the basic boy's name was said, let it be written, so let it be done. Yeah. Basically. And then you were like, "Bet we're going to go to her office. And I know, explain that excitement of getting your first record deal. Because people don't know what that's like, unless you... Um,
1: I mean, the the excitement came basically to me from um, actually hearing somebody play the record. You know, when Tony Humphreys decided that he was going to remix the record and we went into the studio with him.
0: This is Tony... Um, free. <laughs>
1: you
0: know. Listen, <laughs> everyone. God, ninety-eight point seven Kiss.
1: Master. At that time, exactly. At that time, Tony was. If he played your record on the radio, you will fuck. He gave everybody careers. Blaze. Thank us. Name. I've said. If it was, we I- would I- have careers without that man. That's right, Louis
0: Vega. Everybody, everybody, everybody everybody. everybody today (laughs) our era had to have their record played on that show and run because he ran records for months before they were Tony was a a huge fan of our music. (laughs) I mean when or
1: huge (laughs) huge
0: and huge
1: I mean, I, I had called blanche, Lenny. I could go to this dance of and say, Carl, Tony had a phone in his DJ booth. had a phone in his DJ booth. I know. he a I know. He'd get a phone like, Yo, Teddy downstairs. Tony was saying, Send him up. <laughs> Send him up. <laughs> I had the reels. We was coming up with the joints. Man, numbers of the
0: days, man. Let that me- was one more time. You ready? What? So. How did it feel when you heard tonight's mix is mixed by Tony Humphreys and you heard your song on the Kiss Master Mix? Because I know how I felt. They used to send me tapes from New York. I, New like, you know, yeah, screamed. and it was I like screamed. I screamed. <laughs> Man, I'm, like, I'm going nuts in the car. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. I was probably screaming.
1: Yeah. Yep. So man, yeah, it was a great feeling, man, to have that first record, and then to go to the garage. Cynthia said Larry played it after I. I didn't hear it actually. She stayed, but I, I stayed to the at the garage till like two and two in the afternoon from the the next day. prior. So I was out of there. I had
0: enough. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so uh um, I mean, no. the closing weekend party the was was
1: closing playing? weekend party oh. I went there Saturday. The line was the line was wrapped around like three blocks all night and all day it was the it was it was my it was one of my greatest experiences though as a young as a young guy to to actually be you know in, in, it, i that was like my third or fourth time going to the garage but the closing party was pretty special. Yeah, man, and and the only way I got in because at that time we had a club called the Clubhouse in here in Washington D.C. And if you were a member of the Clubhouse, you 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 they are they honored your Clubhouse membership at the Garage. You had an alliance because you know everybody said they went to the Garage, but they're lying. They didn't go to the Garage because it was damn near impossible to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> They lying. It was very, very hard to get into the garage. <laughs> you didn't
0: know somebody well, a say, The only reason why I always got in was David Lozada, and then when Carl Byers came in with Master c and J, I knew them, and I knew Rick Lenore. When they all came, I was right. So right. I mean, then how hard it was to get in. It was in a movie. private club, you know what I mean? For Vato. Very <laughs> hard.
1: So man, so so right after that, I I decided that Teddy Dungs was not singing. I did two shows. I did the catacombs in Philadelphia, and I did the clubhouse in Washington D.C. See, now the I did Children's that. Hour party, and I and I said that is it. <laughs> So that started the whole we have to find talent, you know, and, and there we went on to this whole kind of talent search where we just we found Andrea Ho first record on profile, uh called Don't Blame Me. And uh she was a she was a girl hanging out in the club. We found her, and then we went into another kind of like star search cattle call. And um, this girl sang this song called Angel by Angela Wimbush, Smokies. We had like eight people lined up. She, like, one after the next, they would go in and sing a song. And she sang Angel by Angela Wimbush, a ballad. And she had this real dope tone with Smokey. Her name was Ultra Nate. And um, we signed her. You know, so we started our production company. You know, we started to start thinking about like, The future and how he was going to build this company, and the three of us started went on just, you know, looking for talent because I was not singing another damn record.
0: (laughs) And that's why, why I don't. Why did you decide not to go further with the singing career? Because I can't sing. I'm not a singer. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, and i work a lot with singers because i can give them the vibe you know because if i could sing and if i can play i wouldn't i wouldn't need nobody
0: dude you did really good because we all played that record yeah really i know <laughs> such thing as in those days like melodyne you know it was not like yeah, that melodyne yeah i know that you were just whatever we put down if it wasn't right, you recut the part.
1: Well, I had to do it over and over and over. They wouldn't feed me, and I didn't. I didn't get. Ah, oh, it was horrible. Wow, <laughs> <sighs> it's traumatic thinking about it. You're like, forget it, forget it. So, so man, I mean, that's so. I decided,
0: you know, you know, we we need to find, we need to find we need to find people that really sings.